0: I just went out, like, into the hallway from the spare room, tripped over a fucking suitcase that was, like, lying in the hallway from yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I just tripped over it in the dark. Hello and welcome to episode twenty-three of the Scratchcast, the biannual music podcast. <laughs> I'm Sneds and as always. I'm joined by the punctilious Mr. Grant Patterson. Yeah, and we are just two Scottish balloons who love to talk about music. Punctilious means minute attention to detail. I think that's pretty apt. Which yeah. I did, which I didn't know for the record. I, I didn't uh, know that word. <laughs> I I,
1: I, I didn't know that. Like, have you been taking a deep dive into this thought?
0: Thesaurus. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Trying to find a, a, a word to use. I, I quite liked it because it it also sounds a bit like punkalicious. So like, yeah, I
1: kind of thought that's what you were saying, to be honest.
0: And I, I had to I had to make sure that I didn't pronounce it as punkalicious, <laughs> uh, punctilious. So anyway, punctilious. Um, yeah. Learn something new every day. Yeah, yeah. That's why. <laughs> that's why we come here. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's been another, well, it's been another couple of months since we recorded. So for this episode, we have decided to do another submissions episode because we've just been getting tons of submissions in, and we haven't really, because we've not been doing very many episodes, we haven't been getting through them. So I just thought we would do another submissions special. I think it's a pretty strong selection of stuff we've got, so I think it'll be quite Quite fun to talk about these. Before we move on to that, I'll just run through what we've got on the episode. So first up, we'll run down some of the gigs we've been to over the past weeks and months, followed by the Digital Cartboard. And then on our single swap, we're discussing Didn't Care by North Carolina's Folktronica duo, Sylvan Esso, and Let the Lights On from North London indie rockers, Sorry. And then on our bumper submission corner this month, We've been sent the debut album to Infinity from experimental electronic pop artist Ocean. The debut self-titled EP from Norwegian surf punk duo The Bundy. No, it's not a duo, it's a trio, The Bundy Bunch. The debut album Evidence of a Broken Mind from Utrecht Quintet Two and a Half Girl endure the way single from los angeles psych rockers magna zero the debut self titled ep from leeds rockers radio aftermath and finally shadows the debut album from genoese doom metal veterans expiatoria right so that's quite a lot that's quite that, a lot to get through yeah so i figured we would just have a quick chat about the gigs we've been to i know you went to see fontaine's dc the other week how was that yeah, saw them at the O2 Academy last Friday. So what was that Friday the 18th? Yeah, they
1: were really good. Um obviously as we said we very nearly didn't go uh, cuz <laughs> Boff accidentally booked tickets for the wrong date. But he's he's going to that gig as well. So he is he is going to the gig on Monday, I think, in Edinburgh at the Corn yeah. Exchange. We had balcony standing tickets, which is a bit different for me. I think I've only ever had kind of balcony tickets at one other gig. I think I maybe went to see it was maybe it was a Bombay Bicycle Club. I really enjoyed it, to be honest. There's a lot to be said for kind of being down there and in the mix with the the kind of rest of the standing crowd. But yeah, being up in the balcony was was great. You know what I mean? The, the acoustics are great. You could hear the the band really well. You could see the band really well. Mm-hmm. Um, they opened. Say they opened with. A a Pogue song they, they didn't open with a Pogue song It was playing in the background They played an uh, instrumental Pogue's number Called Wild Cats of Kilkenny. Which was quite interesting Like that kind of You know Hit me from the kind of left field But yeah the band were on form And just Great Yeah really good We'd definitely go and see them again
0: Nice I've, de- I've never been I've never been on the balcony either And there's been a few gigs I've been out Where I've been down and I've looked up at the balcony. I've been like, I'm kind, kind of jealous of you guys up there. that would be quite cool, but yeah, one of these days. Yeah, man. Uh, so, I think as we get older, as well. It's, yeah, it's you kind the of fair place to be. You start hanging further and further towards the back, which means you get you know a worse and worse view, I suppose. But um, yeah, so the balcony seems quite nice. The week. The Friday before that, the eleventh, I went to see Zeal and Ardor at um Oran Moor. I think that's how you pronounce it in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've yeah. ever been to that venue. I haven't. I haven't. I know what it is, but I've never never been there. Yeah, it's like th- the West End, it's like a fifteen minute tube ride from I tell you like, like I went Greenstone. to see
1: I went to see Of Monsters and Men there years ago. Oh Yeah. it's the only time I've been there.
0: Nice. And uh well, I'd never been, I don't even know what it looked like, and I kind of rocked up, and it's like this, like, amazing-looking church. And I was there, like, you know, in the evening, so it was all lit up really nicely. And I was like, oh, cool, this is going to be an awesome venue. So I kind of walked up to the front door, and the the boy at the door was like, here for the gig? And I'm like, yeah, I'm here for the gig. He's like, oh, round a corner, like, down in the basement. I was like, oh, ah, you're going right. to go downstairs, don't you? <laughs> Aye. So, Aye. Well, you know, I, I was going to see, like, um... Like a black metal crossover band, so you know, that's that's the basement is probably the best place for that. Yes. So So it's quite good. Um yeah, really impressive looking venue. And the, the basement was alright. Yeah, nice enough for, for a basement and uh reasonably <laughs> good basement. Yeah, reasonably like not a not a tiny venue, but um not not, not a huge venue either. But so and are they're like like I said they're a black metal crossover band, but it's like it's black metal crossed with like soul music and like the, the sort of sounds of the underground railroad. So, like, you know, like black protest music. Like, oh, right. if you, okay. if you think of something like, you know, like Wade in the Water, like th- those kinds of songs where like chain gang music. So it's it's really interesting, very, very heavy, but also really, really like melodic. And like you can, you can sort of get involved with the. These, these chants and, and stuff like that so so really cool band and uh, so the, the support act was supposed to be a band called Harriet who are like a sort of really monstrous kind of industrial metal band from the UK um, but they had to cancel the rest of their tour I think they were all all got sick. They didn't specify what what they got, but presumably it was COVID. So mm-hmm, they so. had to uh, unfortunately cancel the rest of of that tour. And then two members of Zealand and Arder were also missing for the same reason. So the whole kind of shtick of Zealand Zealand order is this kind of chain gang vocal so you've got multiple vocalists kind of joining in with these chants so so two members gone those kind of chants were, were sort of left to a, a kind of backing track and they didn't they didn't explain that to begin with so it's a bit like oh it's a backing track and and then the, the front man kind of explained this has happened and it was like well we could either have cancelled the gig or we do it with the, with the you know three three remaining members but to be honest it was still it was still fucking awesome they played like i think they played for about an hour so like sort of 20 odd songs so really 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 impressive like just yeah yeah so if that sounds like your thing <laughs> like like really really heavy metal with some really sort of melodic parts then definitely try and see z1 and you know I, I feel like i need I would want to see them again, but I feel like I definitely need to see them again with, with all five members just to get the yeah, kind of full sense. experience. But um yeah, that was ace. You'll share man's
1: thrill.
0: Cool. So let's just move on to the the digital cardboard then. a short one, I just threw in a few things that I thought would be interesting to talk about. We actually got sent this by um, Mothman and the Thunderbirds. We we talked about their their album Into the Hollow back on episode episode seventeen. And we we're right. both pretty impressed by that. But they've just dropped uh the end of the end of October. So it just starts about a month ago now. So they've dropped a a four track split EP, which is called Mothman and the Thunderbirds versus World Eaters. So there's two tracks from Mothman and the Thunderbirds and two tracks from World Eaters who they're kind of like a bit more of a death metal band, they have got a pretty good song on there called "The Siege," which is which is really good. And one of the one of those Mothman and Thunderbird tracks, it's called "Rusty Shackleford, which is probably the, their heaviest song yet. It's got a bit of a kind of new metal, so it's Slipknot vibe to it as well. So that's definitely worth checking out if you if you like that album. But um, yeah, Rusty Shackleford, that's, so that's a really cool song. What else we got? Voldo, they have just released a new album last Friday, I think it was. So if you liked any of Voldo's other stuff, we, we obviously talked about Sophia, their album. That was way back on episode 12, um, or their follow-up, Nostalgia Regalia, which um, I think came out last year. Yeah. So I think that's, it's definitely worth checking out. They've got a new guitarist who kind of just adds an extra dimension to their sound. And if you've heard, we talked about, Kali line briefly before. And there's another song called Propaganda Machines. If you've heard either of those singles, you'll probably get the idea of, of, of that kind of new guitar element. So I would have had a, a wee listen to it. I would, I would definitely recommend it. So if you like Sophia or any of that other stuff, then yeah, go and check it out. And finally, another one we talked about a lot while ago, um, is the band Equal Frequencies. We talked about their album karma back on episode 19 and they've just oh, yeah yeah they've just released a, a new album called something is coming and that was just came out at the start of november quite a similar sound to karma i haven't i haven't gone in heavily on it but it kind of first listen it sounds quite similar to karma so if um you know if you like that album then i think it'll be kind of more of the same so definitely worth checking out i think i think they've even released Another album in between as well, which I which I haven't heard, but um, so they're quite prolific. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you if you're into that first, uh, well, if you're I don't think it was their first album, but if you're into that album Karma that we covered, then yeah, definitely check out. Um, Something is coming. Okay, so let's move on to the single swap then. And as always, <coughs> on each episode, we give each other a song to listen to for a discussion on the next podcast. And on the last episode I gave Grant Didn't Care by North Carolina folktonica Folk Tonica duo Sylvan Esso. And Grant gave me Let the Lights On from North London Indie Rockers. Sorry. So uh, do you want to start off with Sylvan Esso then?
1: Yeah, absolutely. As Ned said, he gave me uh, didn't Care by Sylvan Esso I feel as if the singles that We've given each other this time Round are quite similar Like unbeknownst us But yeah, um, I think they're quite a good Quite a good match, I think it's quite, quite Appropriate um, so Didn't Care, it was released on the 24th of July earlier on this year, there or thereabouts And as you said in the last episode, Sneds, it was one of the singles released from their newest album and The Rules Sandy, which was released on the 12th of August earlier on this year They're an American electro-funk pop duo from Durham in North Carolina which consists of Amelia Meath and Nick Sanborn. Um, the band themselves formed in 2013, and they're actually a couple, and they, they got married in, in 2016, which is pretty cool. The song itself is just under three minutes long kind of two minutes and 44 seconds. Um, I've described it as being an immediately uplifting and catchy song, which is just, just a lovely, kind of bright and shiny single. Um, actually, I think further down here in my notes, I've, I've described it as possibly being a, a perfect single. I, I really enjoyed it. The song itself opens with meets bright vocals, which accompanied with kind of pulsating electronics, a few samples of hand claps cleverly kind of thrown in there, a really fat uh, bass, kind of vibey keyboard, frills and flourishes, which is accompanied by some really interesting vocalizations on the track. Like, there's times where there's clearly been an effect put on Meats' voice and they kind of use it as a, you use it almost part of the kind of overall musical arrangement, which I I kind of really enjoyed and I found that a kind of really hooky element in the song. There's also an epic, albeit brief, kind of Paul Simon-esque, call me Al. bass flourish (laughs) around the the kind of two-minute, ten-second mark, which, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that very much. But yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I
0: really enjoyed it man. I thought it was spot on. Nice. I don't really remember how I came across Sylvan So It's just, yeah, I don't know. But I, I just heard these kind of vocal melodies and bursts of synths and it was, I was hooked straight away. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I've compared them, I think, on the last episode a little bit to Tongue. There's some similarities, I suppose. I think there are other songs by... Sylvanesso that sound more like tongue than this does this is a bit more sort of sugary a bit more poppy um i would say and yeah those those vocals are just so catchy they go kind of from a sort of speak singing style to more kind of high-pitched poppy singing and yeah it's just just the the, the vocal hooks there's a, a particular moment in the first verse that goes I was busy playing shows you were busy wasting your time but I kept on wanting to call and you kept picking up. I'm not doing the hooks on that justice <laughs> but they're but they're brilliant like but they're just, there. yeah. But they're there is is so good. And um I think I think the song like is about like a new relation relationship where the singer isn't really sort of feeling it. They're sort of saying, yeah, they kind of... Yeah, I don't know. They're trying... I think they're wanting it to be more than it actually is, perhaps.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I never actually thought that much about the the lyrics. But then, now that you say that, I can kind of see where you're coming from. So, I suppose with that in mind, the reverse could be said for the
0: single I gave you. Possibly, yeah. Um, (laughs) I don't... I mean... we'll talk about that in a bit. I don't think I went into the lyrics enough on that one, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, so yeah, you talked about the sort of, you can call me al kind of bass I've sort, of, sort of described as these sort of bubbling bass licks that, that, that crop up throughout the song and a sort of pecking kind of pick to guitars that they kind of combine with these flares of synths and, 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 you know, obviously mentioned the vocals before and it's just, yeah, it's just a really memorable single. Um, I haven't, haven't gone in on the album, um, but there's a couple other singles, Sunburn and Your Reality. They're both pretty cool as well. So yeah, I've given this an 8 out of 10. It's exactly what I've given it, man. Yeah. Strong, a
1: strong 8. But I did say, you know, it is, it is almost a bit of <laughs> Feel bad by saying it's almost the perfect single. It is a perfect single. You know what I mean? It's it's great. You know what I mean? As you said, immediately memorable.
0: Yeah, you hear that, and you're immediately going to be like, "Well, let's have a listen to the rest of the album," kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. definitely. So that was "Didn't Care" by Sylvan Esso. gave me the song let the lights on by sorry so this was released on the 12th of july is it july or august i don't know i've written both <laughs> i think i think it's july think so it july. we'll say it's july if i'm wrong but it's it's not that big a deal um so yeah released on the 12th of july on domino recording company limited and it's just over three minutes long and it's the second of four singles taken from the sophomore album, Anywhere But Here, which came out on the 7th of October. And Sorry, I think I mentioned before, are a sort of North London indie band. They were formed by a duo of vocalist, songwriters and multi-instrumentalists Asha Lorenz and Louis O'Brien. And they're childhood friends who've been making music together since their, their teens. And then you've got drummer Lincoln Barrett, bassist Campbell Bomb, and Marco Pina on electronics to, to round out the band's lineup. So Let the Light Song itself opens with a, um quite a nice bass rumble, coupled with these sort of clanging, echoing stabs of guitar, and the rhythm and sing style for some reason reminds me a little bit of a more restrained version of the song I Love It by Icona Pop. I don't know if you know the song no, it goes, um, no, don't know that goes. It, it's the one that goes, I crashed my car into the bridge. All right, right. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah I don't
0: care. Like that one. So it's like, sort of like a <laughs> yeah, slightly somber version of that song. And uh, yeah, the, the the verse is really cool, but I think it's a chorus that really stands out for me. It's got this kind of wistful, lamenting melody intertwined with these stomping drums and like a, a, a wiry guitar lick that. And it's got just a sort of. Enough of a dirty guitar tone for me. I think it's it's quite quite a cool guitar tone they've got on there. Someone really familiar about that melody as well, and I just I just can't put my finger on it. It's really annoying me. <laughs> but and weirdly, uh, this is kind of a pointless story, but it reminded me of a tweet that I saw from Postcode From Queen, and they were like asking if anyone could confirm what the chorus of the song of our song sounded like, and I was like well, maybe it's the same song. Maybe they were having trouble with the same song. And then I, like, for ages, like, spent ages going back to find this tweet, only to discover it was a completely different song. So I just wasted, like, <laughs> 15 minutes of my life. Um That song, by the way, was Earthquake by Revenge Wife, and it sounds completely different. And I still don't know what the chorus for either of those songs sounds like. So, So anyway... <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, it, it it does have a pretty familiar sounding chorus, doesn't it? Well, The melody of the chorus. Yeah, says.
0: the melody is like so familiar and it's just, it's really winding me up. I can, I just can't yeah. quite latch onto it. But anyway, like it's, it's, th- this is a pretty good song. Like really catchy melodies in there, memorable chorus. You kind of briefly mentioned that the lyrics are perhaps the opposite of what we heard on, Sylvanesso but I'm I'm not really sure. I haven't really written down any of the lyrics here actually. I I think so. You know, I mean I think you're absolutely right. You know,
1: I've kind of written how you know the song kind of opens with this cacophony of kind of that dirty discordant kind of guitar sounds. There's a wee bit of kind of industrial type sounds somewhere in there and there's a kind of general hubbub of wee voice samples which I suppose are kind of used in similar sort of way to the Sylvanesso um single that we just talked about. And, you know, the vocals kick in fairly quickly about the kind of 18 second mark and the lyrics are, I love you. I want to tell you that I love you because I love you. I want to look mm-hmm. back and for you to look too. And again, similarly, you know, I mean, I felt as if it was a, a you know, really quite catchy, uplifting song. And I, I think you can't help but kind of get swept away in the sentiment of it all. You know, for me, this... Kind of does feel like you know somebody's falling in love, and they are like quite literally kind of shouting it from the rooftops. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's great, and you know, I think I'd given you that description of safaris' sound. Um, I think I'd kind of read online that you know to listen to sorry was to hear a safari of different sounds as I catching it the next, and I think that's a pretty apt description. To be honest, I've had a wee listen. Uh, like a kind of cursory listen of the album, and yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah, I need to spend a bit more time with it, but yeah, it's different, it's definitely different. Um, it's like this, this song opens, uh, or the album, because this is the first track on the album, and it's just yeah. you know, it starts off on a high, and that's immediately juxtapos- juxtapositioned with the second song on the album called Tell Me, which is very, very different, like it's a bit of a kind of roller coaster, it's not. By no means bad or anything like that. It's quite a pretty cool track, but yeah, very different and kind of mood and sense. But yeah, it's definitely an album I'm gonna go back and and kind of listen
0: to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this. I think first time I listened to it, I was kind of like, yeah, it's alright. And then I think the more the more awesome. I listen to it, the the more it's just yeah, because it's, it's I suppose it's a little bit laid back, maybe, but it's it's it, weird, doesn't it, it? Kind really? of great. Yeah, it gets. It, it's, the, the, under your skin, a wee bit. There's kind of elements, a wee bit of kind of oh,
1: what they called again. I can never get the the name right. Car seat headrest. I yeah. feel as if there's slight similarities there, but yeah, I definitely think that you know it's it's a really catchy song. It certainly grows on you. I can't help but bob about the seat when I listen <laughs> to it. Like I think it's great. Good.
0: good what did you them. What did you give it? I I. I've just given this an eight again. Yeah, I think it's.
1: I've given layer. it a nine. I've, been, oh, I've given it a nine. Up the stakes, possibly. up the stakes, man. <laughs> possibly a ten. I would say nine, nine, nine slash ten. I'm a bit biased because I chose it.
0: True. I wouldn't go that far, but I, I it's definitely definitely grown on me the more I've listened to it because I've just started on a seven, and then I've kind of gone to an eight. So I think so maybe with another listen. That'll be a night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. So what was that? That was, I can't even remember the name of the song. So, it's Let like the it's, Lights On. It was Let the Lights On by Sorry. What are you going to give me for the next episode then?
1: So I've given you a song called "Fallout" by Yola Tango.
0: I've heard of Yola Tango.
1: Yeah, I thought you might. Um, this was released on the second of November, so earlier on this this month. <laughs> more, more, most up to date song <laughs> we've covered so far we've uh, ever, ever covered, released, ever covered. Very in vogue it was released in Matador Records. They're a th- three-piece American indie band from Hoboken, in New Jersey. Uh they have been described previously as the quintessential critics band. I've got a feeling okay. as well that they may so I think there's similarities been made between them and the Velvet Underground in the past and I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that they played the Velvet Underground in in a movie. All right. Don't know how true that last bit is. <laughs> but <they've> it's certainly, <laughs> certainly been uh, certainly been likened to the Velvet Underground in the past.
0: And they've been going for
1: ages as well.
0: And this is their latest single. Cool. So that's Fallout by Yola Tengo. That right? That's it, man. Okay, so I have got for you the song Suicide by the Irish avant garde punk producer Meryl Streak. I just love that name. Mm. Um, And this is the final single released from his debut album, 796, which came out a few weeks ago. It's on the 4th of November. And uh, it's a Venn Records release. So his label mates with Waco and Bob Villain, uh, amongst others. And the album itself is described as a devastating condemnation of the shameful Catholic Church scandal in Ireland. So could so a, a heady mm-hmm. listen. Um yeah. but, but this song in particular there's some similarities with the likes of Idols and, and Fontaine's DC. So yeah, I thought it was an interesting uh, track. So uh, be good to hear your thoughts on that. So that was Suicide by Meryl Streak. Perfect.
1: Like
0: a... Right, we're now on to Submission Corner, which, as I said before, this is a bumper submissions episode. So this is where we discuss review the album's EPs and singles that bands, artists, and indie labels have sent us directly. So if you're listening and have something you'd like us to hear, then you can send it over to us at headscratcher at outlook.com or direct message us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So let's just crack on in the order of release, which I think is Shin. Yeah. So this is um, the album Two Infinity, which is the debut album from German-born Stephanie de Burr. Who performs as Oshin and according to Spotify bio, Oshin means time for a good cry in Japanese, which is it's quite interesting. Um so yeah. if you're looking for Oshin, it's spelled in all caps O-S-H-I-N and two infinity is the number two in Roman numerals slash the infinity symbol. Yeah. Um what <laughs> was that your little impression. That was me? me
1: doing, doing, doing it. Like... <laughs> yeah. Um
0: that's, uh, that's quite hard for the uninitiated. For, for the uninitiated, uh, when you when you pretend you're wearing glasses. <laughs> so, um, and I think the the album is like, in, in name at least, it's like a follow up to the EP, um, which is called One Slash Infinity, which came out in. 2018, which which for the record I haven't listened to. So this album came out back in August on Galaxy Cat Records. We were actually sent the album by In Black Records, who sent us that excellent Becca Starr album we covered on the last episode, so they must have some role in distributing it in the UK. And the uh, according to the press release, this, this album stemmed from a terrifying experience that uh, Stephanie had in 2016 where she found herself aboard a plane from Rome to Amsterdam with a terrorist I did try to find a news report on this but I couldn't find anything but regardless of that it's it's uh, an interesting instant to kind of spark the writing of an album and then um, she's kind of said that that process could have helped her cope with with the feelings that were going through her mind at, at that time and there's actually a, a quite a lot of positivity in in the music here i would say given given that sort of subject um, matter. subject matter yeah absolutely so the album opens with a kind of like atmospheric intro track it's maybe about a minute and a half or so and then the second track it's it, uh, called losing my nature it just kind of bursts to life um and i've described it as a, a 10 out of 10 opener it's got this main instrumental that sort of kind of harks back to like late 90s pop music and, and hip hop it reminds me of some reason for like the instrumental parts of the, the song Still Dre uh, for some reason um, <laughs> it's got these kind of muted guitar chords and I just find them like irresistible and the, the the vocals are quite childlike but they're really catchy, there's a little bit of similarity with, I've said Arlo Parks, so I don't know if that's strictly true but I think there are some similarities in there, maybe in in the sort of style and delivery of the some of, some of the vocals here. Yeah, yeah,
1: um, yeah. I I mean, maybe maybe there's there's a bit more to it than that as well. I, I've kind of described. I think this this is maybe wrong when I first kind of listened to it. Like immediately put me in mind the likes of Bjork in terms of its feel and artistic scope. I'm not too sure how much I fully believe that now, to be honest. I definitely think there's a lot of kind of depth and texture to the album. I think, you know, she seems to have blended a lot of a lot of different elements of kinda of like prog, like almost like I don't want to say prog rock, but kinda of like progressive type stuff. With a bit of kinda of hip hop and R and B I think that maybe kinda of, you know, kinda of chimes what, what you were saying there as well. Certainly likes a pleasure, for example, which I felt had a kind of real groove to it and something that I really enjoyed. I think it's quite interesting that you know, obviously the name it comes from from the Japanese, and there definitely seems to be a kind of Oriental theme that's kind of peppered throughout the course of the album. That's kind of blended with these kind of ethereal, hushed vocals and um, you know soundscapes, which I thought was quite cool. I think there's you know there's elements of that and the likes of kind of Holy Nights. However, the vocals are a bit more distant, muted, and I suppose kind of serve as more of a kind of musical accompaniment on this number rather than kind of taking centre stage. Really back, like that that song, Holy Night in particular, films it was a kind of really laid back and soothing number, you know, there's, I really enjoyed the kind of steel drums, oh, oh, I think it's kind of a steel drum sound anyway, uh, or pan drums on the, the kind of outro of that song. So yeah, there, there's a lot. There's a lot going on this this album. I think it's uh, you know quite really quite experimental, I suppose, in terms of its yeah. its kind of scope and you know different kind of elements and genres that
0: it kind of draws on. So yeah, it was it was really great. Yeah, yeah. I think you you mentioned that kind of oriental feel and yeah the pleasure. Is a good example of that. There's a sort of yeah. It's like a. There's like an almost like Indian drum beat in like the first few seconds, and then you've got these sort of Japanese kind of sounding flutes, but it's also got like an absolutely thumping bassline in it, which is like just really catchy and like really danceable and i quite like the lyrics on that song which which i think go something like life is a joker some take it for granted some never get to play jumping out the exit it's one of the kind of few kind of vocal lines that i sort of really kind of pulled out because yeah. i think you mentioned like holy night is mainly instrumental there are there are some vocals in there but it feels the vocals feel more like another instrument than a focal yeah. point it's like you know it's a good example of how Someone's voice is an instrument. It's, you know, part of... It's another instrument in the kind of suite of instruments. It's not, you know, it's not a a separate thing. So that was quite cool. beat that my heart is kind of between nestled between those two songs and it's got a kind of... It sounds a bit like massive attacks, teardrop. There's this sort of... It's got that sort of heartbeat kind of percussion to it almost. But then it kind of goes from that and and drops back into that kind of Asian-sounding... I've said sort of string flourishes, but and, and you know it makes it its own kind of thing and um, separates it from from something like teardrop. It feels very experimental, and I suppose maybe when you mentioned Bjork, that's kind of a whether it sounds like Bjork particularly or not. There's that kind of experimental kind of ethos there. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, it's interesting because I cause I've I've kind of written at the end of, of my notes here that that reminds me a bit of of young fathers. And I think it's that right, kind okay. of. I think it's that same kind of experimental kind of ethos that they have, where it's not, it's not quite hip hop, it's not quite pop music, it's just kind of its own thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not, there's not a lot that sounds like Young Fathers, and there's not, you know, there's not an awful lot that sounds like this either. No,
1: I mean, you know, it's the same with uh, you know another kind of track that kind of stood out for me was uh, "Love Me Like Warm Water." Which again, you know, if you spend time with you, you, you kind of, if you spend enough time with it rather, you know, you pick up something new every time. Again, you know, great deal of depth and texture to this. You know, if you listen carefully in the first opening seconds, you can hear samples that kind of drops of water accompanied by a clever reintroduction of kind of hand claps, which continue throughout the track. The vocals on this track are a bit more pronounced than this number. And I don't know if you felt this way as well, but I kind of felt as if there was almost kind of hints of a kind of country influence. As well, which you know, um, not like straight up like Dolly Parton type stuff, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I I don't know what it was. That's that's the kind of vibe that I got, which you know, didn't find off putting. I thought it was was good, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, what other tracks kind of stood out for yourself?
0: Well, I I would have picked out Love Me Like Warm Water as well. That's easily Mm -hmm. one of the best songs on the album. I'd say the next track, Visitor, is really really good as well. It's got these kind of powerful electronics and it's it kind of builds a, a quite a, a strong vocal crescendo that says something like, Someday we'll go through the door, we'll reach the shore. And that kind of gets topped off with these kind of whining string sounds. That's a good track. And uh, I think the closing track's really strong as well, Silence is My Nature. Mm-hmm. It's got more of that kind of Asian mysticism about it. There's a double bass in there somewhere as well, I think. Yeah. And then sort of these bending kind of picked guitars and more of those hand claps that you sort of hear on Love Me Like Warm Water. And I think it's quite slow and measured, but it's 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 a really strong closer.
1: Yes, I think like sounds of my nature, if I, if I remember correctly, as you said, kind I've, I've written opens with a turn of those kind of oriental sounds, that kind of oriental mysticism, which you just talked about there. A really slick kind of double bass, which I loved. Um, you've got a feel that there's a wee gourd in there somewhere <laughs> as well, which is quite cool. You mentioned that kind of picking guitars. I've kind of mentioned being kind of like noodling, spacey guitars. But the outro to that song definitely feels as if it kind of steps up a gear a little bit and I kind of felt took on a bit more of a kind of dancey type feel to it, which, yeah, I thought was that it was great. Yeah, there's, there's
0: just so... There's so many sort of subtleties, in all the different kind of instrumental things, all, in all, it, all, like all over the album, and it just, yeah, rewards just multiple lessons because you, it's just one of those things you just hear different things every time you listen to it. Yeah, um, which is yeah, all, always a sign of a really good album.
1: Yeah, i I'd quite like to see her live. Actually, I'd like to see. Yeah, I think it'd be a really immersive experience. You know, you could just imagine the sound kind of washing over you. I think it'd be
0: really cool. I think there's, there would be a lot of musicians on stage, I think. Because totally. They'd have to I'd, be
1: to recreate I'd, that
0: type of Yeah, song. I think I read somewhere that the songs are kind of created over quite long periods of times with like lots of different sessions and stuff. I'm not sure where I read that, but. And I haven't written it down, so I might be talking shite. But I'm pretty sure, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did read that somewhere. So that that's quite interesting. The way that those kind of slightly disparate elements are kind of layered up in this sort of dynamic way. So yeah, I think that would be a very, a very interesting experience live. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of rating, my man, I have given this a very strong nine out of ten. I think. Um, I think there's maybe uh, it's a really crap criticism but I've just sort of said like I didn't really pick out that many kind of vocal bits to like sing along to it maybe washes over me a little bit much but I don't I mean that's I don't think that's really that big an I, I've issue. given
1: it I've given it an 8 and my reasons kind of similar to yourself I just felt as if I maybe needed to spend a bit more time to kind of pick apart pick apart the lyrics I would say yeah so def- definitely, definitely a strong a. I mean, it's proper top tier stuff.
0: Yeah, because I mean those, you know, the the couple of sort of lyrics that I picked out, I only really picked those out on maybe like the third listen or something. Yeah. So you know, you, there's there's probably a lot more to dive into there. So very good album. No matter what way you put it. Absolutely. So okay, so that was To Infinity by Ocean. Mm-hmm. take it for granted so never get to play it. jump out at the exit far my numb fingertips i drum the beat that my heart plays <laughs> What's the next one? It is the Bundy Bunch. Do you want me to jump on in? Yeah, go for it. So yeah, as Sneds
1: just said, there's uh, the second submission we've got is the Bundy Bunch um, and their self-titled EP. This was released on the twenty-fifth of August earlier on this year on uh, In Black Records. It contains five songs, it's probably twelve minutes and fifty seconds long. So you know, blink and you'll miss it. You know, it's it's over. <laughs> Jig Titan. Uh, the band themselves are self described as the fastest band in the West. They're a three piece lo fi indie outfit from Koppervik in Norway. I'm sure I have probably butchered that. It's
0: so <laughs> not Bergen song...
1: they're from. Oh, pff, I'm pretty sure it's. Well, I don't know. Uh, no. They're from Norway anyway. They're from they are, Norway. They are from yeah. Norway. The first song on the album, Postman immediately struck me as as sounding like it could have been a kind of twisted B-side from The Beatles off something like Revolver or The White Album. I I mean, I've written here in my notes here the vocalist seems to be channeling some proper mccartney vibes however it's it's a bit of a kind of frankenstein's monster of a song it feels in part a bit of a kind of lo-fi sludgy almost slacker number and in other parts you get this sense of urgency and a real sort of frenzied desperation which which is kind of coupled with these kind of swirling shouted gang vocals towards the kind of end part of the song which kind of leaves you with the impression you might ever so slightly be losing your mind and um, I thought it was quite interesting because like I was writing these notes and kind of you know when I write my notes or when I'm recording poor Kerry's normally like <laughs> sent away upstairs so <laughs> I went up to make sure she was all right and that uh, had not completely abandoned her and I was kind of Speaking to Kerry about it, and she was like, Oh, who who are you listening to just now?" I was like, oh, "I'm listening to a band called the Bun- uh, the Bundy bunch," and she's like, are they, are "They, serial killers." The <laughs> like Ted Bundy, and I was like, "Ah, I, like I wonder, like if that is like if there's maybe something in that, like if this is maybe in some way deliberate, because like i had said to her, like this song feels like a uh, a Beatles song." And she's like, ah, sure, yeah, sure. Is there not some sort of connection between, you know, Helter Skelter and Charles Manson? And I'm like, maybe. Like, cause <laughs> I, I'm probably reading a bit too much into it, but certainly I don't think he, the lead vocalist, sings in that same sort of way again over the course of the EP.
0: No, I don't think he does. I don't think he does. It, it is... Do yeah, you see where I'm is, coming from, though? Like, yeah, does, and I, I wouldn't be that surprised if the Bundy bunch didn't have something to do with well, uh, Ted Bundy just just because of the kind of sense of humour that is on this EP. They're, yeah. they're, I would I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I don't know if it is, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Um, <laughs> I mean the the lyrics are something like, "Hey, Mister Postman, what you doing? Want to hang around with me?" <laughs> last last time around one more for the road and it's like something about getting a package delivered and i don't know what's in that package but yeah it's an interesting song someone's head could be i mean i've I described this as like an irresistibly catchy surf punk banger but but it's also like psych rock it's yeah, like, no. kind of like like warbling kind of fuzzy garbage rock guitars it's got like a weird kind of sort of whooping sing-along part that you can sort of go do
1: like it's those bits those kind of swirling shouty gang vocals
0: that just it makes you feel as if you're in some sort of delirium (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it's uh, yeah, it's it's an incredibly good song. Like yeah, it's it, great. Like it's a great song. Um, I've written, I've written here if you By the end of the song, if, if you're not banging your head to the psychedelic psychedelic car uh, talk, it would help. If you're not banging your head to the psychedelic guitars by the end of the song and singing along, then you clearly hate fun. <laughs> what Fact. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then the next track, BSU. Uh, is completely different. It's more yeah, like a sort yeah. of in, almost an indie rock kind of sing along. It's still got that kind of um, garage pie, lo fi production. It, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's got, yeah, it
1: feels brighter in a way I felt.
0: Yeah. And it still kind of like stomps along and drives along. Um, but it's got these, it's interspersed with these kind of slower bits that I've described as like sort of high school dance moments and um, you know like a slow dance kind of moment yeah like almost a type thing. you know there's a, a cool guitar solo in there there's some other memorable lyrics my last hangover hasn't ended yet and i feel no shame asking strangers can i bum a cigarette um, i uh i've written that down as well and it's something that i can
1: relate to all too well
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> and I, i've I, it reminded me kind of a little bit of sort of like mid-naughties indie bands i've i've said something like the rakes and then I went back and listened to the Rakes. I was like, it "Doesn't really sound like the Rakes, but <laughs> so, so, that's what it's reminded kind of, you." Of. That's what it reminded me of because um, I thought it was like, "Oh, this is a bit like something like twenty-two grand job or or something like that." And, and it's like, "It's it's nothing like that." But um, <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of jumping ahead here. Um, but Pos piece of shit, which is the fourth fourth track on the EP. Yeah. Um, Dead remind me of kind of bands like that, like probably the album as a whole, actually, kind of immediately reminded me of, of some of the songs from Scott Pilgrim versus the world, <laughs> um, from the likes of like Plum Tree, Black Lips, and Scott the- Pilgrim's fictional band Sex and Bob Om themselves. <laughs> so, yeah, that was really appreciated. Going back one, the kind of Belushi Speedball, which is, I, I think, it's a song about John Belushi. Well <laughs> um, I think so. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um we've had a really cool kind of noodly kinda lead guitar in this song. The chorus really infectious. Can't help but sing along too. Um there's a really cool jangly, kinda twangy guitar leading outro, kinda bridge before the final chorus at around the kind of one. One minute fifty mark, which was an absolute delight to listen to. So yeah, there's a lot to like,
0: a lot to like in this. I Absolutely love Belushi's speedball. I think it's, I just love that. It, like, John uh, Yeah, the chorus so good. Like, yeah. and he, like, and all the sort of references to um, the Blues Brothers. Like he's talking about riding, like on a mission from God, riding around in a cop car. The lighter doesn't work, and uh, yeah. It's it's a really cool song, and like you say, there's some sort of look, sort of intricate guitar licks and stuff in there as well. And then we've, we've talked a wee bit about POS, which uh, another good vocal line. I'm all about the lyrics today, where they just shouts. I really, lo- I really want to live like this. I want to be a piece of shit, which is an anthem. Um, <laughs> and um, then the the last track, Flower Boy, feels kind of like just a culmination of all those 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 previous tracks, um, and yeah. you know, it's driving guitars, catchy vocal melodies, drilling, kicking drums. It's just an absolute banger.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really really like this EP. Uh, I've kind of written here how it feels as if like all of the songs feel as if they almost can like shamble along in this kind of frenzied and uncertain occasion and they it almost feels as if they could crumble and collapse at any moment and, and just kind of don't. And I think it would be great to see what a full album um, of this stuff might look like. And um, so for me,
0: I mean, I give it a strong eight, possibly possible nine. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on a nine, like even pushing a ten. I think it's like, oh, I think it's really, really, I mean, I know it's only a five track EP, but it's like, I find it really Doesn't difficult matter. to, I find it really, really difficult to, to, Find any flaws in it for me. It just kind of, it's just this kind of raucous, lo fi, catchy EP. All, all the songs that are great, there's not a lot, there's, there's nothing on it that I don't like, which is quite rare. So fuck it, I'll just give it a 10 out of 10.
1: Give it a 10, <laughs> put it in, put it. We need that
0: golden button, man. We need, I need like like a, a lever, for balloons, yeah, or something. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah and uh, shout out to In Black Records again because they you know that's another album they've sent us I feel like they've, they've sent us all of these albums but um, they, and they're just like a sort of indie Glasgow based record label so sending us shit from Norway and Germany <laughs> pretty that's fucking cool. cool yeah so yeah that is the self-titled, self-titled EP from the Bundy Bunch that's going in It's going in. okay next one here is evidence of a broken mind from two and a half girl so this is the debut album from two and a half girl which is kindly sent to us by guitarist and vocalist dan from the band so two and a half girl are a quintet or a five some from utrecht and have described themselves as having their own mix of emo punk and rock full of raw vocals and infectious melodies and are not afraid to voice their opinions on personal and sensitive issues. The band consists of Anne Hamerix on drums, Chris Walthouse on bass, Dan Lukovick on guitar and vocals, Juliet Van der Lack on lead vocals, and Pim Krueming on guitar and vocals. Um, apologies if I've <laughs> destroyed those names. <laughs> So, first of all, I'm I'm really glad they've sent us this because I don't know if we would have heard it otherwise and, spoiler alert, it's fucking excellent.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fucking excellent, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. Out, of, out of all albums I've listened to, I've listened to this one the most. It's, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing stuff, you know. The album's pretty aptly named, you're absolutely right, you know, in, in your kind of description about the, the subject matter and stuff like that, you know, they, they, they don't shy away with, from dealing with some pretty kind of heavyweight issues such as relationships, sexuality, struggles with mental health, and stuff like that. But the musicianship, the musicianship, <laughs> the musician ship, the production, everything about this album is proper top tier stuff. The first two tracks on this album, 80 Minutes in Fire. Yeah, it just hits the ground running. The lead singer's Juliet's vocals, you know, so commanding. That' they're gonna really prompt you to gonna really sit up and and listen to you know their. As you said, you know they're they're raw, they're angsty, they're visceral. It's just it's it's great, like you know, as I said, everything about this album is just fantastic. Um, the guitars is something else that gonna really stuck out for me. There's so many kind of wee hooky parts that yeah some really interesting kind of hooky parts that
0: just stick with you and you're
1: really enjoyed
0: yeah I think those um the, the sort of lead female vocals they, they make the hairs on the back of my neck stand up Absolutely. on that on that first track 18 months when they when they when, they, when it kicks off um, you yeah and it's like they're quite gravelly I've kind of referenced like Brody Dow um yeah maybe, uh, like Amy Interruptor yeah. uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um the like there's just something about those vocals, they're brilliant. And then um, you know, you get these gang vocal chants as well, they combine with the kind of stabs of guitars, there's sort of classic kind of punk rock sounding riffs, you know, there's there's bits of like like it's like there's emo, post-hardcore. uh, punk rock pop punk some alt rock maybe a bit of like metalcore and hardcore on there as well it's just yeah all all these kind of um I mean, I've I've listed like a whole bunch of bands that I've heard bits of like, there's bits of Paramore, The Interrupters, Sum 41, Lit, Phoenix TX, New Found Glory, Blink 182, Reuben, Every Time I Die, Lacuna Coil, Funeral for a Friend, Lunkin Park, Tusky, Mobina Galore, Sleeping With Sirens, Rancid, The Distillers, Melancholin, Three Days Grace, AFI, Four Years Strong, like, there's all of these kind of... The,
1: li- the list. The list's endless, isn't it? It
0: yeah. is endless. Like, just all these cool, like... All these cool guitar bands. It's...
1: It's like... I've written it here. It's like... It's
0: just... It's just...
1: I wouldn't say hit. That sounds really crass and shit. But you know what I mean? It is. It's just like fucking banger after banger, isn't it? Like, Younger Years. I
0: think that's the third track in the album. That's the one I've kind of said. You know, the... the the riffs that open that up sound like every time I die, I I got a, a
1: proper like Pantera Pantera's walk
0: feel it <laughs> yeah, as <totally>. well,
1: <laughs> which which I loved. Yeah, again, yeah, so much to say, like <laughs> about the the kind of guitars. And it's got that and massive beat
0: me. down at the end of the song as well. Like, it's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. What what other kind of songs <laughs> stood out for me? Well, like 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 you said, it's kind of. What do you say? It's sort of hit after hit after hit. I mean, you you kick off with eighteen months. You've got that those those sort of gravelly vocals, and then then you get into fire, which kind of throws in some cleaner, poppier vocals as well as as those kind of those gravelly vocals. You know, it's got a massive chorus, like huge riffs. There's some some pretty cool vocal lines in there. Um, like the the things that slip off my tongue or come out of my mouth wrong. It's just sort of like. Stomping drums, chainsaw guitars, and I think yeah, younger years is definitely a highlight. Self made suffering as well. It's got probably one of the heaviest and catchiest riffs on the album. I've, it kind of reminds me of a song by Sleeping with Sirens called "Leave It All Behind," which is which is an absolute banger. Um, and I can imagine that in particular just just going off live as well. I think yeah. um, seventy actually is is a big one because it's it's got that you know it's it's about not being accepted for your for your your sexuality essentially and it's like it it sounds a bit vocal
1: on that which I can't remember like because I was listening to it actually whilst I was driving home tonight yeah I can't remember Is it friend or family something like friend or family oh I can't remember I won't do justice but it's yeah it's brilliant it's really
0: catchy as well the, the big moment I've written down from that is like there's a kind of voice sample that, that talks about prosecution, same sex relationships all over the world. And then it kicks into these like shout shouts of, I still can't be myself in 70 countries. 70 countries. It's like it's such a big moment. And then that's much of the song sounds like something off a of refused, refused a uh, shape of punk to come as well, which is never a bad thing. That's never a bad thing. Cause it's a fucking <laughs> class
1: album. Yeah, uh, search, searching for relief. The next song I've written, this is a Billy Talent song, right? I just I don't know what it was about the the kind of opening gang vocals. I mean, it's it's, it's great.
0: Good. I thought it was brilliant. I think it's a guitar tone as well. I've not I've not said Billy Talent, but I can see where you're coming from. I've I've gone yeah. with sort of um some forty one where they go a bit more metal, like um like the Hell song, something like that, like that. Mm. And you've got that chorus it goes day and night no daylight feeling stressed searching for relief and it's just yeah you could i mean i was singing along i was just singing that to myself before we started recording like that that bit so <laughs> that's kind of the proof of how catchy it is and <laughs> um, the weird the, the the next one the, the weird thing i've written uh, colorblind it opens with kind of like a sort of soothing kind of echoing vocal part and i've said it sounds like "Eternal," <laughs> like the song "I Want to Be the Only One." Like it's got this kind of—it's like How just said again. It's like a choir. You know the one that goes, "I want to be the only one to hold you." <laughs> <laughs> but it's the yeah, opening. Know, you know that song, but it's the I opening that of the song. That's like it's like a, <laughs> it's like a choir. Yeah, and and that's the same as this song, but whereas "Eternal,"s I want to be the only one. It, you know, it's a nineties pop song. This this turns into like a driving pump banger it's, pump it's. punk banger. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. It could have gone either way, but um but they decided to to turn it into a punk banger. And it's got like right in the middle of the song it's got an absolutely raging guitar solo. And I I wrote down that it's like it's the kind of solo that you dream of being able to play when you when you start learning guitar, it's like, if you could play that, you'd be like, I've achieved my goal. Like, it's so good. Mine, mine was, remember when I was
1: playing bass, like, mine was that you can call me out. I'm pretty sure you said that you would uh, give me a blowjob if I managed to... to, to no, that's because I, I knew... knew not, that's
0: because I, I knew, knew you would you never knew. achieve that. <laughs> s- similarly, I've never achieved, like... The ability to, to play a, so, a, a solo like of the likes that you hear on um, Colourblind. So there you are. <laughs> the moral of that story is never make promises that you you think you, you, you have keep. to, <laughs> or you think you might have to keep in the future.
1: Um. <laughs> Black Sheep was another good good song. Yeah, I felt as if like the album kind of opens up. its... You know, get a bit more, a bit more of a kind of expansive, kind of self-reflective and kind of spacey number, whilst retaining that kind of trademark and characteristically angsty energy, which I thought was a, a, another really good song. Life in Overdrive, I kind of felt perfect, perfectly sums up sums up the album. It just yeah, it's,
0: yeah. I, I've I've just said it's like life affirming pop punk at its best. Yeah, and it's another that's another song where I'm like, sounds so familiar, and I can sort of almost hear the song that I'm comparing it to in my head, and I just can't quite get to it. And it might it might not actually sound like anything; it might just be that it makes me gives me the kind of sense. Yeah, it reminds feeling. you, yeah, yeah. you um, get that vibe. It, or you know, I was l- listing all those those bands earlier, and there's sure there's elements of you kind know, of several of those. On the more kind of pop punk side, um, in, in Life and Overdrive, but yeah, that's a like, what a good, what a good song that is, and it's kind of you know it's got a huge like, massive kind of gang vocal sing along part as well. It's just yeah, a really, really massive like ending to the album. Yeah, I love that. So
1: it goes without saying, Sned
0: What have you given this? I've given it a nine or a ten. Hmm. That's why I've given it to. I think it, I think it's very very good. And there, there's the odd bit here and there that isn't as good, but you know, like every song on here is 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 great. I think I've picked out maybe a couple of bits where some of the vocals aren't quite as good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, there's not I mean, many of them.
1: No, there's not. And but I did quite like the juxtaposition between the female and male vocals. Always, yeah. always quite like that. I thought it was done very well within this within this album.
0: Yeah, I think there's maybe a bit I think it's on practice what you preach, there's a wee bit like one of the sort of vocal melodies on there is a little bit weak, weaker. But this is like yeah, there's not a lot to criticize in this. It, I mean if you if you like this kind of music, like obviously fucking you're, love it. Obviously if you're not into this kind of stuff then you're just gonna be like oh. <laughs> I'm not listening to that but if, if you grew up on this kind of music or you, you're into this t- like even the slightest bit then this is like a really like wonderful example of this kind of music definitely
1: is it going in? I don't know why I'm doing that is it going in? is it going into the the 10 out of 10 well we both give it a 9 so <laughs> yeah I said 9 or 10. 10 did you? no I said 9 or 10
0: but we'll yeah. go.
1: We'll go with the common consensus. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's uh,
0: yeah. It's, a, it's, it's it's a really good album, but I don't think it's I don't think it's quite there, quite a ten, but it's a very strong nine. Perfect. Yeah. So that is um, evidence of a broken mind from two and a half Girls.
1: Do you want me to do Magna Zero by Endure? Uh,
0: well, Endure by Magna Zero. The very same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can, if you can get the, if the I can get name, it right,
1: then that'd be a good start, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, Endure by Magna Zero It <laughs> uh, was released on the sixteenth of October earlier on this year. It's a bit of a long number, just under five minutes long, Magna Zero, a three-piece prog rock outfit hailing from Los Angeles that consists of David Aubrey on drums, Chris de Césaire on lead guitar, and Jason Moore on vocals, bass guitar and keys. So according to their website, band grew up playing music together in Moore's basement. Over the years, they've worked on several collaborative projects, uh, writing original music, recording demos and playing local gigs in the Los Angeles area. In late 2019, when Moore returned home after a 10-year hiatus in Denver, the three band members reconnected to form a Magna Zero. The band's name, translated from Latin and. Uh, Arabic literally means great nothing and serves as a title for their debut album which is due out to be released in early two thousand and twenty three. Endure is the band's second single from said album and according to their website is a song about love's lasting triumph over personal pain, fears and other kind of daily challenges and what have you. So the song itself kinda of opens with a kind of echoey drum drumbeat, which is kinda of shortly accompanied by this really smooth, slick bass line which I really enjoyed initially takes on a bit of a kind of lounge lizard feel to it. it. has a really kind of cool groove to it. Vocals have a similar kind of ethereal echoey feel to it as well. However, there's a kind of bit of a kind of tonal change at the bridge around the kind of 2 minute and 12 mark with intro- introduction of a kind of fuzzed up and distorted electric guitar, which I really enjoyed. I think it helped give the song a bit more depth and texture, which I really liked. Yeah, I think the musicianship on on this number is is top draw stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I I I liked it, man. What was
0: your thought? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the musicianship is is absolutely top notch. I, I really like that bass line that's that's kinda of present throughout most of the song. It kinda of keeps everything running along. Vocals I really like. I think when they first come in they sound they've got a little bit of a sort of Bob Dylan kind of twang to them almost. But um feel as, quite weak to begin with, I thought. Uh, well, I don't know if I would say weak, but they, they to me they sound a sort of Bob Dylan-y, twang-y sort of sound. And then as it goes on, they, they sound a bit more like something like Jane's Addiction's Perry Farrell, like kind of elongated words at the end of each line. And that kind of, I don't know how to dis- describe Perry Farrell. His voice, but if you've heard Jane's Addiction, then you kind of know what I'm talking about. And it, I got that kind of vibe, which which is cool. And the, I like the sort of far away effect on the guitars. Mm. And you can almost imagine like the band performing like outside in a desert with like a star, uh, with a sky yeah. full of stars above them or something, you know, something like that. Like the song kind of paints a picture of sorts. And then you get like, Round about the middle of the song, the drums come crashing in, and there's a quite a cool sort of screeching guitar solo that that's just let loose like over the space of about a minute. And the vocals and bass come in again during that minute, but that that guitar really stands out um in that period. So yeah, I I really like it. It's you know it's a bit of alt rock and sort of psych rock. I mean, there's I suppose a little bit of sort of Pearl Jam on there maybe like um yeah. when they have sort of kind of post ten, kind of Pearl Jam, I would say. So, like, definitely, if you, if um, if you like sort of grunge and alternative rock and the more psychedelic side of that, it, it's um, it's gonna definitely vibe with you.
1: can't help, I, I don't know, like I said, I feel as if it does have a kind of real rhythm or really groove to. it I, I couldn't help, <laughs> I was like, like listening to it like whilst I was writing my notes, just kind of grooving along in my seat, um. I think you know, it's kind of mentioned there about the kind of drums, like the crashing drums, like every now and again you'll be hit with this really interesting kind of drum fill or flourish, which I, I, I really enjoyed.
0: Yeah. It,
1: it's it's good stuff. Man.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I made a bit of an arse of this because it's actually the band actually sent us the song um, their debut single, We Are All, but when I looked it up like Endure was out, so I was like, oh yeah, it's Endure, but that they actually sent us "We Are All," so which is another pretty good track as well. And they've actually just dropped a four track EP a few days ago, I think. Maybe 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 last week, which includes "We Are All" and "Endure" on it. So I haven't I haven't dived into it yet, but um I think it'd be probably be a pretty cool EP. But yeah, really really good musicianship. Uh I enjoyed the vocals quite a lot. Yeah, definitely. Right up my street. I've, I've gone for an 8 out of 10 for this.
1: Yeah, well, I've, I've given it a seven, 7 or an 8.
0: Nice. Okay, so that was Endure by Magna Zero. Okay, so the next one is the self-titled EP from Radio Aftermath. Uh, so this is a debut EP from Leeds-based rock band Radio Aftermath, the band of cited influences like Jamie Lenman, Biffy Clyro, Black Peaks, Alexis, Alexis on Fire—not Alex is on Fire, so it's a common mistake that I nearly made. Alexis on Fire, La Dispute, and um, they describe themselves as balancing aggression and melody with some deliciously delectable hooks thrown in for good measure. So, I mean, straight away that sounds right up my street. Um, yeah. The band consists of Chris Dennett on vocals and guitar, Sam Moran on guitar and vocals, Rob Burns on bass and vocals, and Jack Craven on drums. This is another one that opens with a sort of intro track uh, called Able Archer. It's made up of like voice samples, I think almost kind of like apocalyptic. And yeah, it sounds public like announcement. Yeah, the threat of nuclear war or something like that, which is uh, possibly imminent potentially. Yeah, so, so it feels quite up to date in that respect. And then that leads into Saint second track, Cup of Coffee in the Big Town, which opens with you kind know, of a flurry of aggressive noise before these Razor guitars kick in and then the drums hit their stride. And once it gets going, it's a bit of a rager. Yeah. It's kind of got a mixture of clean vocals and, and kind of gurgling screams mm. on there. I think the next track, Custom Made Lizard Shoes, it's got a bit of a similar vibe to that Two and a Half Girl album. It's maybe not quite as polished as that album, but it's got similar drive, <laughs> similar energy, yeah. kind of stabbing riffs, driving guitar licks, nice bass lines, catchy vocals vocals as well
1: it's a pretty cool uh, pretty cool uh, song title as well and i think the because i think that was one of the singles was possibly released Some
0: comes with some pretty cool um album art as well from what i saw on band camp yeah yeah custom made lizard cheese yeah it's a, a pretty cool <laughs> it's a pretty cool song name and it, i mean this is a it's an ep but there's eight tracks it's 27 minutes which I think is, I mean, that's longer than Turnstile's Time and Space, so it's. Um, you can maybe get away with calling it a mini album or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought, I thought overall this is pretty decent. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think overall it was pretty decent.
1: Well, the first song, like cup of cup of coffee, and the big time you kind of mentioned about, you know, the vocals on that track, you had a kind of mixture of kind of clean. What did you say again? Clean. So vocals, gurgling, screams. Yeah, aye, I did feel as if there was times where there might have been maybe you kind know, of one or two singers, artists, whatever, singing at once, and it sometimes felt a bit disjointed. That was my only criticism of, of that song. I've described it as a kind of high energy punk rock number, which felt kind of, for my money, a wee bit reminiscent of kind of early Offspring, which you know was was quite cool. Um, I think you're right, you know, custom made Lizard shoes. second song on that, the album. Plenty of fuzz, reverb, growling kind of guitars, which was really quite cool. See through Lies, really enjoyed this number as well. I kind of felt that the guitar in this track had a kind of real swagger to it, which I really enjoyed. I found the lyrics were really infectious too. Um, I actually thought this was a, kind of real. <laughs> earworm. I <laughs> Found myself kind of singing along to. It. There was a there was a part as well where they kind of they executed this kind of really good kind of loud, quiet loud dynamic, which is is obviously quite cool. Uh, quite something that I quite enjoyed. You and all of us opens with a pretty gloomy kind of bass grunt, which is accompanied by another sample of. Sounds like, a, kind of like, as I said, like a kind of public surface announcement. Kind of felt a bit reminiscent of Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator speech, but possibly less hopeful and uplifting. You know, kind of towards the end of that song, it kind of really ramps up a gear. You know, treated with some kind of squealing guitars that sounded a bit like sirens and ends with this uh, voice sample and says something along the lines of the, the annihilation of you and all of us, which is. Obviously, where the the kind of title for the track came from, uh, "Estranged," uh, which is the next track, I believe, on on that the album, it had a real kind of stoner desert kind of rock vibe to it. For my money, it kind of had a bit of a kind of the atomic bitchwax kind of feel to me. Feel to uh, to me, which I really enjoyed. Whereas "Inert," I felt as if you know it was another song that had kind of real kind of swagger and confidence to it. Which, as I've said, you know can't help it. Kind of win you over. It had a bit more of a grungy vibe to it for me. it did feel as if the lead singer was kind of channeling some proper Cabane kind of bleach vibes as well, which I thought was pretty cool. And I felt as if it kind of maybe took on a bit more of a kind of classic rock kind of feel to it with those kind of gang vocals in. But yeah, that was good.
0: Yeah, I think um, I've I've said inert kind of opens almost like a hard edged pop punk song, and then it kind of mutates into you know, like a bit more of a rock and roll. Number yeah, and it's got a, it's got like this really gnarly kind of hard rock guitar solo in it, which is, which is quite cool. And then um, you obviously mentioned estranged before that, which I think that that guitar line in the intro, I have just said, I can just listen to it forever. I think it's really, I think it's a really cool guitar line, and um, I think that that track has maybe the strongest vocal performance on it. I really like the line. Um, sick of you, sick of your shit time over it I think that that um, the sort of aggression on that last line in particular is really satisfying and then um, I think Tapestry is a, a decent closer it's got some, some pretty big riffs on it I'm not totally sold on the chorus but I do like the bass line that, that, that kind of runs through in the mix there. Yeah, I think there's a lot of really cool kind of instrumental things going on yeah. In this album, you know, lots of reverberating guitars, chugging riffs, you know, big crashing drums. I, I like, yeah, like you said, there's a this sort of loud, quite loud dynamic. I think you and all of us has that kind of soothing melodic instrumental at the start, and then by the end of it, it's like, you know, it becomes really heavy when the song closes out with all these squeals and, and drum crashes and stuff. So I think there's there's a lot of cool stuff going on. I just think that throughout some of the, some of the vocals are a bit like a bit wobbly, maybe a bit shaky.
1: Yeah. And I suppose that's maybe where, yeah, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about sometimes it's just feeling a bit disjointed a, a
0: wee bit. Yeah. But I think if yeah. they, I mean, this is, it's a debut EP, but I, th- I think if they can, if they can nail that, then um, they're on a winner.
1: No, yeah, totally. Yeah, like I, th- I think you're you're kind of right in saying that it is kind of. I, I don't want to say it's a pretty straight up alternative rock uh, EP or album because that seems a bit trite. But you know, as you said, feel like a bold, brash, swaggering guitars, bass grunts, and whatever. Um, there is a lot of wee interesting moments on this album. I do quite like all that stuff to do with the kind of the voice samples and yeah, you know, yeah, public service announcements. I think that's quite cool. I would like to see a bit more of that, actually. I would like to see more of that kind of you-and-all-of-us type tracks. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's there's a few points here and there, but they're pretty minute compared to the amount of positives that there are there. Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's it's pretty decent. So I, I've gone a 7, 7 out of 10 for this. Yeah, man. I'm the same. I'm the same. It's a good score. Yeah, yeah, strong, strong score. Looking forward to hearing more from them. So yeah, that is a self-titled EP from Radio Aftermath. Okay, so this is the uh, debut album from Heavy Metal Veterans Expiatoria who hail from Genoa, Italy We were sent this by our friend Enrico Maloney from the band Icatan, who recently joined Expiatoria on drums um, You can check out our review of Icatan's excellent 2020 EP back on episode 14 of the Scots cast, and we also interviewed them last yeah, year 15. which is a, a good chat, and that's well worth checking out if you're interested now expiatoria were formed way back in 1987 which is the year the year 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 you were born born. and (laughs) it's pretty mental to think that um having formed 35 years ago this is just the band's debut album i think they have released a few eps and, and and things over the years and there have been kind of various various different lineups but yeah, I think they've changed
1: yeah, lineups a few times. Yeah.
0: But interestingly, these are all new songs. They're not just re-recordings of older materials. They've, these songs have been written in the in the past couple of years as well. So it's not just that they've they've just taken some of these old songs and dusted them off and re recorded them. This is this is this is new material. And uh, yeah, so like I said, they've they've gone through several lineup changes over so years before settling on the, the current incarnation of David Krieg on vocals, Massimo Malachina on guitar, Eduardo Napoli on guitar, Jam Battista Malachina on bass, Flux on keyboards, and of course Enrico Maloney on drums. Although I think it was a slightly different lineup again that actually recorded the album.
1: Yeah, because is it not a Stefano Caprilli? I don't know why I put an accent on there. Um... On drums? Yes, there's, there's
0: definitely someone different on drums, maybe even on keyboards. Although it could just be the real name of Flux. Um, sure that's really not well his be. Christian name. <laughs> anyway. So uh, in describing their sound, the band have named likes Merciful Fate and Candle mass and just generally describe themselves as old school heavy metal and prog. Um, I'm not. Super okay with either of those bands, but there's there's a few other kind of bands in the mix that we'll touch on as we we go through each of these tracks. Because there's only what there's only six tracks, although they are all really long. The album's forty three minutes roughly. Yeah, with just with just six tracks. So I think, with the exception of track five, they're all um, at least seven minutes. One's maybe just under seven minutes, but they're pretty much all. Seven minutes or more. One of them is nearly ten minutes. So you know these are these are very long songs. So if you, you know, if you don't have an attention span, then this is not the it's not the and band I, for
1: you. And I think it's fair to say that, as well as that being, long songs, they're they're dense, they're dense, atmospheric, brooding songs. All the type of thing that you would expect from this type of band.
0: Yes, it's like. I mean, it's the same old school heavy metal, but it's sort of you know, there's it's it's doomy, it's proggy, yeah, it's it's gothic, and you know, that, that gothic sound kind of includes the subject matter of the songs as well. When you sort of dive into some of the lyrics, and then <laughs> we, we were going to record this what a week ago and um yeah well yeah exactly we, we were gonna record this a week ago and i'd done all my notes except for this album and had like one hour before we were going to record and I hadn't listened to it and i i was going to like try and listen to this and take some notes and then try and record the podcast and you can't we we're both like that's that's, that's madness complete madness well <laughs> um, i mean 43 minutes of that hour would be just listening to the album so it's and, it, you know, you can't just listen to this album once and then collect your thoughts on it. It just, it just it just wouldn't be doing it justice. So the album kicks off with the song When Darkness Falls, which has got quite a satisfying stomp to the drums. It's got these chunky, classic-sounding heavy metal riffs, some nice bending guitar licks. I think the opening vocals in the verse were a little bit jarring for me at first. There's a few satisfying moments in there, particularly um, there's yeah, a lyric that goes by the devil's hand which the first time it, it comes around is just like in quite a sort of deep tone and then the second time it, it comes around it's in like full heavy metal falsetto in the in the in the style of like king diamond or or that, or that kind of thing if if I mean if you if you don't know king diamond then go and listen to the song abigail and you'll get you'll get the idea and um, but it's that sort of really high pitched falsetto almost shrieking Kind of delivery, and it's it's a it's almost comical, um, just yeah. Uh, if, if you're not used to bit. that kind of music, but it's um it is a it kind is. Of trope of heavy metal, but it's I, I find it particularly satisfying. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that, and I think I think
1: it's fair to say that the, the kind of vocals at the beginning with are a bit. I don't know how to. It's it's very much in keeping with the genre, but yeah, it was it, it's 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 very gloomy, oppressive, maybe. It's, Maybe not the right word to use, but yeah, I, I can get that. So it was a bit difficult for me to listen to it first because I wouldn't say that this stuff's normally in my, my kind of wheelhouse. But saying that, those bits that you mentioned were, were definitely a high point. I, I did really enjoy that, and I did enjoy the bit where he's,
0: I think, he's kind of singing as the devil.
1: Yeah, I loved that. I did love that. I thought it was really cool.
0: Yeah, I couldn't quite work out some of the words, so I found there's um there's a lyric video on YouTube. So I found the lyrics for that part, so and it's it's I, I find it really good. And it's delivered almost like like a hammer horror film. You can imagine like Peter Cushing or Christopher Lee delivering those lines like As the Devil and it goes, um when the shadows Are you gonna creep I'll oh, do it in the voice. I don't know if I can do, do it, it man. Do When it. the shadows creep over the landscape. When the clouds <laughs> they can't do it. When the shadows creep over the landscape, when the clouds veil the face of the moon, when the wolfen hour draws near and the mortals dream about me. Or something to that effect. That's um, pretty good. That's pretty impressive. Without, without all the kind of screw-ups in between. But um, that's yeah, that's a particularly memorable bit. And like I said, it's just got that kind of hammer horror kind of feel about it. Which I suppose is a kind of theme of... of of heavy metal in particular, because it, it, it's quite heavy, but it's also quite theatrical in the kind of sense of like, maybe like Alice Cooper is quite theatrical. Yeah, yeah. And that I mean, that, that continues straight away in the beginning of um, Ombra or Tenebra part two. Yeah,
1: which, you know, I've said in my notes, again, another really long number. I don't know if I've got this right, but it's it's just under 10 minutes long. Yeah, nine nine minutes thirty seven seconds opens with that gloomy horror movie esque organs or keys song opens up at around the kind of one minute forty five mark with Italian lyrics.
0: Um, Yeah, I think they might be.
1: Yeah, so I kind of did a wee bit of reading about what ombra means um, because it's called ombra tenabra part two. So ombra means shadow or shade, or according to Google Translate. And the Veneto dialect means something else, so entirely a little (laughs) glass of wine. However, I think it's pretty safe to say that, you know, it's most likely, it most likely means shadow in this context. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think the title, when translated, means shadow, darkness, wall, or dark, you know, something like that, anyway. Again, has that kind of gloomy, kind of oppressive feel, kind of similar to the first track. However, again, quite like, as I said, you know, when we've kind of been discussing some of the other uh, artists that we've covered this time round, there's the introduction of female vocals on this number, which again really and really enjoyed that kind of juxtaposition, and I felt as if it complemented Craig's kind of vocals really well. Again, it, it's it almost felt as if it was three different songs in a way.
0: I mean, that that's just kind of the nature of of prog oh, and bottom, having a song yeah. that's nearly ten minutes long. It's yeah. got to has got to change, or it'll just get boring. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I thought that yeah, you've got that that sort of classic horror theme in the opening. It sounds a bit like sort of Phantom of the Opera or something like that. Like you can imagine it played on organs. Like, yeah, you know, it's got that 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 kind of sound, and then it kind of moves into this quite demented sounding clean guitar piece, and it reminds me a bit of Metallica's Fade to Black. It's got that cl- sort of classic tone that you just Don't really hear as much in like modern metal, and I it's it's just a tone that I really love. And um, the guest vocals, I think her name's Rafaela Canguero, They were a real highlight. They're quite haunting vocals, and then there's some really good guitar moments later in the song as well. I've mentioned Metallica. I think there are there. I don't mean in terms of like thrash Metallica, like speed Metallica. Just just some of the guitar tones and some of the riffs and things. I think I think there's maybe parts of kind of Iron Maiden in, in some of these songs as well. And I think there's like hints to sort of symphonic metal and operatic metal bands like queen'sreich and Demons and Wizards or or like Blind Guardian. Like these are all kind of weird bands that I was listening to in my, my teenage years. But I think Expiatoria kind of managed to pull cool it off without kind of flying up their own arses, which I think some of those bands suffer from. But uh, yeah, it's quite it's all very gothic and sort of demonic and, and quite theatrical but a little bit over the top at, at times, but but not not um, not too much. So you've got that sort of ten minute opus and then the next track, The Wrong Side of Love, it's got these kind of fuzzed up chugging guitars quite an infectious stomp. There's a a pretty cool riff around the sort of two minute twenty mark and it's got this kind of evil scream of cold as it goes cold as ice. I like I just like the way that's delivered. And there's some dueling guitars in there, but a minute later, and there's sort of quite a crazy solo. Around the four minute forty five mark as well that really stood out on that track. Track four, seven chairs and a portrait was a standout for me. It kinda reinforces those gothic Horror themes this time it actually has those those kind of creepy horror movie organs church, church bells yeah yeah <laughs> it's quite a fun sounding guitar like it comes in at one point the drums kind of goes sort of double time I think it's almost like blast beats yeah I, I did feel as
1: if that was a bit too short lived for for my liking so I would have liked to have seen a bit more of that
0: yeah yeah no I yeah I'd agree with that and there's a, a pretty awesome guitar solo about halfway through works quite well with the vocals when they come back in as well. And another guitar solo near the end, I mean there's fucking just guitar solos all over this album. And uh the lyrics on this song I mean on the on the on the album as a whole the lyrics are quite vivid if you dig into them. And I, I mean I've not really done that on all of the songs because I haven't I don't think I've listened to it enough to really get into them. But on this song in particular, the, the kind of the last portion of the song I really enjoyed so I'm just going to recite the whole thing again. Um, I'm not going to do the voiceless thing because it screwed up so badly last <laughs> time. Um, but it goes um, Effluvium of mystic fumes exalts this gathering of grieving players. Through the dark they brandish candles in procession like monks in mourn. Seven chairs and a portrait of a lady dressed in purple and red. Weird black mass, ritual bizarre which goals and meanings are unknown and unheard one by one the acolytes they disappear abducted by the portrait no trace of them nor the house itself just a dream within a dream of a sick and lost mind a that's cool, pretty cool man yeah. that's pretty cool yeah and I feel like you could probably dig into the lyrics and a lot of these tracks and find sort of similar passages well we've, you know we've had that example from the devil on himself the track from the devil himself on the opening track yeah <laughs> And surprise didn't strike me down when I was reciting that passage.
1: Um, <laughs> he'll visit in the witching hour, man. Like he'll visit at like three o'clock in the morning or or whatever. That's when yeah. All those things happen, isn't it? <laughs> he'll yeah, just be after,
0: taken away after midnight. Taken away to the, the netherworld. <laughs> um, I think there's actually a good line on the on the opening track, it's something like I pledge allegiance to the things below. That's what it is.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I do remember that. I, yeah, I
0: quite like yeah. that. So seven chairs in the Portrait was a, was a standout for me. I really like that that last sort of section. I think that is in the song earlier on as well, but I just like the way it ends because that sort of last. I think the word, the final word, mind. So it's just a dream within a dream of a sick and lost mind. And I think the the way the word mind is emphasised, kind of like, is a sort of it sort of punctuates the song in a certain way, which I, I quite liked. And then probably my favourite song is Asylum of Asylum, the Damned. Asylum of the Damned. Ah, which is quite, yeah, weird, weirdly the shortest song. And the
1: and the bright like the brightest number on the album, um, purely instrumental from what I remember. Uh, it at least initially, opens with this kind of mellow panpipes and flutes, kind of floaty, ethereal sound and guitars. Does kind of feel as if it kind of allows the album to breathe a wee bit. But there's a saxophone in there as well, from what I remember.
0: It's um, like the- an incredible saxophone solo on it, Grant. It's just yeah, which like, is. Just- a big, big part of the song, I, I think that's why I like it so much.
1: Because that, that, yeah, cause that gets more kind of frenzied and erratic as the type. Yeah, I did enjoy that.
0: Yeah, and like I think I've listened to this album three times, and every, every time when it gets to that song, I'm like, yes, <laughs> I, I think it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Like I think saxophone like works really well in heavy metal. I think because I think it could, because it could be quite whatever. a like it could be quite demented. I think that works really well with the, the themes of, of heavy metal, just kind of chaotic, sort of unhinged kind of sound you can get from a saxophone, just just works. Well, just well,
1: looks at, look at how uh, expertly performed it is in, in bands like Viagra Boys, for example. Like, it's like a caged beast. Yeah,
0: ex- exactly, exactly. And then it can be it's, it's like such a kind of versatile, well, it's not the only versatile instrument it can be like it can be like really romantic you know and like careless whisper or whatever but then it can be this absolute monster but you could say that for lots of instruments i suppose yeah
1: i feel you'll probably take up the, <laughs> the saxophone at some point the sasquatch yeah
0: sasquatch. I, feel, oh, I feel like my neighbors would like petition to have me thrown out of the building If I took up saxophone Do you you know This is totally
1: uh, Totally off topic But did you know that Clyde As from Bonnie and Clyde uh, Played the saxophone
0: No I did not
1: Picked it up uh, Watching a movie about them The other night It was just An image of him Playing the saxophone Just before he goes And shoots somebody The next day (laughs) Do
0: you got any Have you got any more Bonnie and Clyde facts You'd like to share
1: Not not today Not Not today today. Tune in next time (laughs)
0: a a spin-off Bonnie and Clyde podcast. (laughs) Bonnie and Clyde and saxophone podcast. (laughs) Right. Let's uh, get back to what we're actually talking about. We've we've got the last track um, album closer Krieg, my last song. Yeah, Um, so that
1: so so obviously there's been a number of kind of line-up changes uh, over the course of the years. Is this is this him saying that he's possibly leaving or is there a kind of backstory
0: to that? I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, like from the name, it kind of sounds like it. And mm. I mean, when you listen to the song, it, it kind of feels like a journey. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It brings back that, that sort of King Diamond falsetto vocal from the first track, which doesn't really, um you don't really hear it again after the first that very short bit on the first track, and then it comes back here. So it feels like it's sort of closing the, the loop a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the significance of that song name is, but it, it's a it's a good way to close the album. I quite like how there's quite a sort of plodding pace to the drums. The bass is quite grumbly. I like the clang on the, the Queen guitars. You've got the moody vocals. So I suppose it, it does feel a bit like a lament. But then you, you get those chugging guitars that come in after about two minutes or so. Really infectious, and then there's quite lots of like demonic kind of flourishes throughout the track. So yeah, I quite I quite enjoyed that one. Good way to close the album. Yeah, yeah. What was your thoughts overall? So I quite I quite like this. I like um. I think, but I think there's a lot to kind of dive into. And like I said, I've picked out some of the lyrics even there, but I don't think it really scratched the surface in terms of maybe the sort of stories that are buried in there. And like. I think if you're a fan of old school heavy metal, you'll you'll get a lot out of it. You know, early Metallica, Iron Maiden, I mentioned some, some other operatic kind of metal bands. I think there's maybe stuff like bands like Halloween and Gamma Bomb as well, albeit not like nowhere near as, nowhere near as fast. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot to like on here. I think some of the vocals are a bit shaky here and there but there are some really good vocal moments as well so on balance I've gone I've gone for an 8 out of 10 because I do, I do really like it
1: yeah I, I I've I, kind of I haven't given it a rating because I'm not 100% sure could, as I said earlier on it's, it, this isn't my wheelhouse so I don't know how likely I am to go back and listen to it and With that in mind, I haven't given it a rating. What I have said, you know, like these guys have been going for as long as I've been alive. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, And it's clearly a labor of love for them. And, you know, this album, as I've said, kind of quite a few times, kind of really dense, atmospheric album. There's very little in in terms of a reprieve from that, other than that kind of change of direction which we get with regards to asylum of the damned to be honest you know asylum of the damned okay we've got that kind of frenzied kind of saxophone with it being a bit like a caged beast as we as we kind of said earlier on but it, it certainly wasn't the the beast that I was expecting from a, a kind of song title like that, <laughs> that to yeah. be honest so that that was pretty cool obviously you know with regards to the vocals you know you said they're a bit shaky I, th- I think i mean i'm not all that well acquainted with this type of stuff but i think it's very much in keeping with that quintessentially kind of gothic rock style i did really enjoy when he got the opportunity to kind of show off his kind of his vocal prowess and he kind of hit those kind of high high notes that was proper badass top tier stuff like <laughs> i did i did enjoy that i think the musicianship's great the band kind of definitely have a flair for creating that kind of dark gloomy sludgy guitar riffs you know there was a few times where we kind of discussed it kind of ramping up a gear and you know I, I can't remember what song it was but yeah um there's been a few times where i just liked to sing a bit more of that type of stuff but then in speaking to you and you can uh, point out the lyrics. Like, I, I like lyrics. I, I usually go in for the lyrics more than the musicianship sometimes. And I remember years ago, I got well into, like, Ed, uh, Edgar Allan Poe had, like, a big commendium of all these works. I've still got it somewhere. And I haven't probably sat with this album as as long as I could have. I've, similar to yourself, I've maybe i only listened to it kind of two or three times. But... I wonder if I was to spend a bit more time with it, I'd get a bit more of appreciation for, for that, for the kind of wordsmanship because I I do like that. You know what I mean? And you kind of reciting the, the lyrics from Seven Cheers and a Portrait was pretty cool. You know what I mean? That's kind of pretty poetic. It? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what absolutely. I mean? Without sounding like a wank, like <laughs> it is, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's it's cool. So yeah. Yeah, I think I think I need to need to kinda of spend a bit more time with it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stand back from, from giving it a rating for, for those reasons if that makes
0: sense to Yeah. I think that's fair enough. You've kinda of justified that. So I think like um this is when you think of metal, you think of like being sort of difficult to listen to and that kind of stuff. But I think like older style heavy metal can it's an easier listening experience than maybe some more modern, more extreme types of metal. I mean this is no it's yeah. not like an you know it's not an almithrac. It's you know it's it's not that um abrasive. I think it's heavy but it's also quite fun. Yeah. All right. So that is Shadows, the debut album from Expiatoria. Right. We've lost it through them. We have been. That's oh. quite impressive. Hopefully we've not <laughs> just talked a heap of fish. Well, we we will have. I mean, well, we have talked a heap a fucking a fish,
1: Bonnie and Clyde saxophone at one point, so yeah. Well,
0: I most certainly have talked a lot of fish. Well, I was talking about looking for a tweet for 15 minutes for basically yeah. no reason, so... There you have it. Um, so on that note, that's another episode of the Scratchcast signed, sealed and delivered. As always, <laughs> please let us know your thoughts on what we've covered. And if you do like any of the bands or artists we've talked about, then make sure you send some love their way. If you want to support a humble show, then make sure you subscribe to the Scratchcast wherever you get your podcasts please leave us a nice review. This helps spread the good word. If you want to support us further, then you can buy Grant and myself a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. The link is in the episode description. If you like to be featured on Submission Corner, like all these lovely people that are on the, that we've talked about today, then... Send your submissions to theheadscratcheroutlook.com or message us directly on Facebook and Instagram at the or on Twitter at Scratcherhead. Don't forget you can also head over to theheadscratcher.com to find pop culture reviews, recommendations, alternative music playlists, interviews, and of course all the previous apple apple of course all the previous episodes of the podcast. Our alternative music playlist for September and October is out now. Some of our choice cuts are Past Life by Marlow, Positive Place by Pulled Apart by Horses, Vilified by Conscious Root, Chattanooga by Rudy Zygadlo, Never Be Your Woman by Empress and Becca Starr, and Glasgow by Press Club. As always, there's hours and hours of other cool shit in there too, so make sure you check it out. Finally, if you made it this far, all that's left to say is thanks for listening, and as always, please tell your friends, your colleagues, your parents, and your pets. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. I never had to piss once man that's a record it gives me that
1: edge that's what we're talking about <laughs>
0: <laughs> I kind of hoped we'd get through this episode without talking about piss but, um... it's done
1: it's done, man I'm afraid I had to uh, get it in there somewhere
0: yeah. I well I was going to say we got through without talking about Jamie Lemon but that's not true he was That's not
1: true. He was I there. was going to say as well. I forgot to say the aftermath. I'm pretty sure aftermath released a cover of a Ruben song previously. I
0: oh, did, they. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Oh, I, should, <laughs> I should have been all over that. It's not finished. It's finished.